from Isaiah chapter 52, uh, verses 4 right through to 10. So we're going to read God's word together this morning, this uh, Old Testament passage. So let's uh, read the word together. Isaiah chapter 52, um, verses 4 to 10. Friends, I think as we remember some of these wonderful prophecies that God has given to us in his word, uh, we can be thankful that those prophecies have been fulfilled in Christ. And um, God has spoken his word. They have come true. And God's word is true. And we can trust his word. So uh, let's read Isaiah 52, 4 to 10 together, please. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. At first, my people went down to Egypt to live late. Assyria has oppressed them. And now, what do I have here? Declares the Lord. For my people have been taken away for nothing. And those who rule them mock, declares the Lord. And all day long, my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, in that day, they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yet, it is I. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our Lord. The next reading from God's word is Luke chapter 2, um, verses um, eight, 8 to 16. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about.
Well, good morning, folks. Uh, it's good to see you all this morning. Hope you're enjoying the hot weather. Just a reminder, where we've got this hot weather. We're the, living in the most livable city in the world. If you like it, that's why. If you don't like this hot weather, just remember, we're still living in the most livable city in the world. Well, today we're going to look at this passage from Luke. Um, and we'll be considering this topic of peace. But let's turn to God in prayer and ask for his help that we might understand this passage. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you sent your son Jesus that first Christmas on a rescue mission to save us. We thank you, Lord, for this Christmas season where we can remember this. We pray, Lord, that all of us will celebrate Christmas as it's meant to be celebrated. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, is Christmas about peace on earth? Is Christmas about peace on earth? I mean, this is what we're led to believe, isn't it? From all the Christmas cards we give and receive, we read this word peace. So here we have peace and joy. Christmas cards, more peace on earth. Peace on earth, peace. Peace on earth, peace on earth. We're led to believe that Christmas is about peace on earth. Even Obama thinks so, peace on earth. So what are we to think? Christmas is about peace on earth. I mean, even our carols, the carols that we sing during Christmas time, peace on earth. Have a look at some of these. Half the herald angels sing. What are the words? Glory to the newborn king, peace on earth, and mercy mild. Or this next carol, I came upon the midnight clear, peace on earth, goodwill to men, from heaven's all glorious king. Or this carol, O little town of Bethlehem, and praises sing to God the king, and peace to men on earth. We're singing over and over again. And another one. While shepherds watch their flocks, all glory be to God on high, and on earth be peace. So Christmas is about peace on earth, don't you think? Well, we sing about these things. We send cards with peace. And that's because that first Christmas, that was what the angels proclaimed. When they appeared to those shepherds out in the fields where it was cold and dark, and quiet, and suddenly a host of angels, bright and brilliant, appeared to these unsuspecting angels. And what did they say? What did they sing? They sang this. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men. That was what the angels proclaimed, and that's why we have it in our carols. That's why we have it on our Christmas cards. But I want to ask you today, Where's the peace? Where is the peace? Is this really our experience? The experience of us in, in this world, on earth? I mean, what do you think? When you watch the news, when you read the newspapers, is this what we see? Peace on earth? I mean, just this last week, in the age, online, these are the articles I've, I came across. Firstly, there's this article, you probably can't read it, but this is an article about the bombing in Libya earlier this year when a U.S. consulate was bombed. Four Americans were killed, including the ambassador. And so when you read an article like this, you have to think, where's the peace? Well, this article, just this last week, five, five uh, health workers vaccinating children in Pakistan. They were killed, slaughtered by militants. You read an article like that, 
You got to think, where is the peace? Well, this article, this is the UN preparing their troops in Syria with chemical weapons kits. Chemical weapon kits. And you got to think, I mean, war is on, it's dangerous, it's severe. You read an article of that, and you got to think, where's the peace? Well, just over, an, over a week ago, in Newtown, Connecticut, that horrific killing, that tragic, sad killing, so senseless, so evil, and you got to think, where's the peace? And when you look around the world, there's wars, there are famine, corruption, violence, hatred, and you have to think, where's the peace? I mean, what is this? Is this a joke? Peace on Christmas? I mean, what's going on? Did those angels get it wrong that first Christmas? They came to these angels. They were unsuspecting uh, uh, shepherds. The angels came to these shepherds. They weren't expecting these angels. I mean, did the angels get it wrong? Did they come too soon? Did they come too early? Or, Or these angels, were they perhaps making a false promise. You know, an angel says, says to another angel, Let, let's go to these earthlings and let's promise them pre- peace. Let, let's just give them some hope, something to look forward to. I mean, did the angels get it wrong that first Christmas? Or maybe the problem was not with the angels. Maybe the problem was with God. Maybe God made a promise too big he can't keep. I mean, when we look around the world at the moment, we don't see peace, do we? We don't see peace, but we still sing about it. We still write Christmas cards with peace on earth. And so what's going on? What's going on here? Well, what do you think? Well, I suspect that you're thinking that I got it wrong. That I got it wrong. That this is not the peace that this passage is talking about. That this is not the peace that the angels proclaimed. That this is not the peace that God promised. Well, if you're thinking that, well, you're right. You're right. But then if you're thinking that, what type of peace did God promise that first Christmas? What peace did the angels proclaim when this baby Jesus was born that first Christmas? Well, what type of peace? What's the peace? Well, the word peace has a wide semantic range. It means different things. Now, in the first century, in the first century, uh, for several hundred years, the whole, most of Europe, parts of the Middle East, parts of Africa, they were all under the control of the powerful Roman Empire. Very powerful. And they experienced peace. In the first century, they experienced peace. It was known as the Pax Romana. It's Latin, it means Roman peace. And so in the whole empire, they experienced this peace, the Pax Romana. And it was all because of this guy, Caesar Augustus. When he came to power, when he became the emperor over the Roman Empire in 27 BC, he brought brought peace to the whole empire. There were no more civil wars. They were all finished. He brought peace. He was the man who brought peace. And this peace, this Pax Romana, spanned, spanned about 200 years. And so if you think about this, they had peace. They had the Pax Romana. They even minted coins. So this is a silver denarius. It's 
uh, there's an image there that depicts the Pax Romana, a, a lady sitting on the throne, and in her right hand is a olive branch, and that depicted the Pax Romana. They had peace for several hundred years. And so for the shepherds out in the field, when the angels appeared to them, well, the shepherds, they already experienced this peace. They were already in this Pax Romana. And so is this the peace that the angels were proclaiming? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, Pax Romana. Was that what the angels were proclaiming? Well, it couldn't have been because they've already experienced this. The angels, they were about 5 BC when they appeared to the shepherds. This Pax Romana started in 27 BC, so they enjoyed this for 22 years already. So it can't be this peace. Well, maybe it was a different peace than that. Maybe it's the inner peace that the angels promised. So when the angels appeared to the shepherds, they promised them glory to God in the highest. And on earth, men and women, you have inner peace. Was that the peace that was promised? You know, the, the, the peace that we have within ourselves. You know, a bit like in the movie Kung Fu Panda. Remember seeing that? When Panda discovered inner peace, you know, he discovered who he was, happy with how he looked, and somehow got to defeat that crane, that evil crane. So was that the peace that the angels promised? That we'll have inner peace, that we'll be satisfied with ourselves, that we'll be happy with how we look, that we know our destiny, that we have inner peace. Was that the peace that angels promised? Or was it something else? Perhaps it's the peace within families. The angels appear to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, to you men and women, peace within your families. Was that the peace that was proclaimed? You know, peace between the aunties and uncles, between the parents and kids, between husbands and wives. I'm not sure if you've seen this, Ray Romano. Husbands and wives, peace between them, or peace between the sons-in-law and the fathers-in-law. To to some of you this will make sense, but um, or is it peace between the daughters-in-law and the mothers-in-law? Is that the peace, the peace within family? Or maybe it's a bigger peace than that. Come on, it's a bigger peace than that, isn't it? A peace between people group, between races, between religion. That was the peace that angels proclaimed. Is that right? What do you think? Well, if Christmas time, if Christmas time is a time that is spent mending these broken relationships, mending broken relationships within families, mending broken relationships between friends, if Christmas time is a time spent doing that, where the Christmas lunches and dinners are joyous, harmonious and peaceful, well, that's a wonderful thing. That's a brilliant thing. But is that what Christmas is about? I don't think so. Look at what Jesus says later on in the book of Luke. This is what Jesus says. He says, Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No. I tell you, but division... From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two and two against three. It wasn't peace within the family that Jesus brought. Wasn't that at all. Wasn't the relational peace. And so what's going on here? 
if it's not the Pax Romana that the angels proclaimed, if it's not the inner peace, if it's not the relational peace within family, between people, what peace did the angels proclaim? We see there's another peace. There's another type of peace that's far greater than all of those, a peace that's more significant than the Pax Romana, a peace that's more satisfying than finding that inner peace. A peace that is far greater than the relational peace. And this peace is peace with God. God's peace given to us, that we might have peace with him. This is peace with our creator. Peace with our maker. And this is the peace that we want. This is the peace that we want. But now the question, why this peace? Why is this peace so much more important, so much more significant than all those that I spoke about? Well, you see, this peace is important. This peace with God is important because God is the king. And we want peace with the king. Because one day, you see, we'll all stand before God. All of us will stand before God and we'll all have to give account for how we have lived our lives. All our careless words will have to give account. All our evil thoughts will have to give account. All our thoughtless deeds will have to give account before the king. Before the king. And this king will stand over us in judgment. And that is a frightening thing. I'm not sure if we see God that way. Often people see God as this fluffy cloud in the sky, this soft father. God is the king. And we are to be afraid of him. We are to fear him. Because one day all our thoughts, just think about that, all our thoughts, our secret hidden thoughts, will be laid bare, exposed for this king to see. And that's frightening. Unless we have peace with God. Unless we have peace with this king. Now, do you know the Narnia series by C.S. Lewis? Do you remember in one scene when this little girl, Lucy, asked about Aslan, the lion, asked Mr. and Mrs. Beaver? She's terrified that she'll meet this lion. And so she asks, is he safe? Is he safe? Now, do you remember the response of Mr. Beaver? Well, he said, who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king. So you see, that picture of Aslan in that story is sort of a picture of what God is like. God is not safe because he's the king. He's our judge. He is not safe. But he's good. He is so very good. And that's why that first Christmas, he sent his son on a rescue mission. He sent his son to offer us peace with him. But now do you notice that verse that we looked at before, verse 14? Do you notice that that verse is not yet complete? We haven't finished that verse yet. You see, this verse does not say that this peace is for all men and women. It doesn't say that it's peace for everyone. Let's have a look at what it says. What did the angels sing? They say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men. All men? 
every single individual? Well, look what it says. On whom his favour rests. It's peace on whom his favour rests. And so we often get this fluffy idea that Christmas is about peace to all men, goodwill to all of you. And that was how this verse used to be translated. But that's not, a, not the case here at all. You see, God's peace rests on those his favour rests. It's on those he is pleased with. And so that brings us to our next big question. Who are these people? Who are these people who will receive this peace with God? Who are these people on whom God's favour rests? That's a big question. And so who are these people? Well, these people who will have peace with God, well, they are you. They are you if. There's a big if. They are you if you recognise that first Christmas, that baby born, that baby born in that manger, in that stable, is the son of the creator, is the son of God, is the one who came on a rescue mission, is the one who took your judgment in your place. If you recognise that about that baby born, that first Christmas, well, the peace with God rests on you. If you accept that, if you believe that. And that's the peace that Christmas brings. Now, just to make this story of Christmas more vivid in your minds, to make this story of Christmas, this peace that is brought to us, more vivid in your mind, I'll tell you now a story, a story that was written by Clifford Warren. Now, some of you might remember him. He's no longer around. He's returned to glory with God. But he was a TV producer, radio announcer, a, a lecturer, and an amazing storyteller. And he tells this story of Christmas from the perspective of two angels. And it goes like this. This is his story. A heavenly choir master, hurrying along the corridors of heaven, he noticed a young angel gazing out the windows of heaven. And so he called to the angel, Brother Angelo, are you stargazing again? Hurry along now, you're going to be late for choir practice. And the young fella, he said, Oh, choir master, the stars, they just fascinate me. The galaxies are so glorious. I think King David's song, The heavens declare the glories of God, will always be amongst my top 40. Choir master, have you ever been out there? Have you ever been to one of those galaxies? And the choir master, he looked out the window and he said, well, 2,000 years ago, I went out there on planet Earth, went on tour with the heavenly choir. Oh, the, the earthlings, they must have been a really good people for, the, for, the, for them to enjoy the heavenly choir. Oh, well, we didn't do a full concert that year. It was just a one-night stand. We flew in, we sang one song, and we flew out again. All that way for one song? All that way for one song? Well, was there a crowd? Well, well, not actually. There were a few shepherds, a flock of sheep and some dogs. How embarrassing. How embarrassing. Well, wasn't it well advertised? 
But the choir master said, well, we've been advertising it on and off for a few thousand years. But they just didn't seem to be expecting us at that time. And so out of the millions of songs in the heavenly repertoire, which one do you sing? And the choir master, he said, well, we sang glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. Well, I don't really recognise that song. Can, can you whistle a few bars to us? Well, you wouldn't know it, lad. You see, this was a special anthem I composed for a special occasion. The reason we angels visited planet Earth that year was to announce a visit by the Son of the Creator. The Son of the Creator visiting the earthlings? Oh, well, he didn't just visit them. In order to communicate with them, he became one of them. Had to be born like one of them, had to learn to talk and to walk just like the rest of them. Lived with them for 30 years. Well, well, the earthlings must have been a really good people for the son of the creator to, to visit them and to live among them. Well, not really. They were a grotty bunch, actually. Lived their lives just as if the creator didn't exist. Break his laws deliberately, negligently, Go on life their own way instead of his. And so the young angel said, I see, I see. So the son of the creator went to these earthlings to teach them a lesson, hey? To show them who's boss. To give them what they deserve. No. He didn't go to earth to show who's boss. And he didn't go to earth to give them what they deserve either. In fact, he gave them what they didn't deserve. He gave them peace. He gave them grace. Now the young angel, he was puzzled. But, but the creator, I know him. He doesn't tolerate rebellion. Those who rebel against him are banished from his presence for, forever. Rebellion must be punished. I know the creator. But, but lad, you see, it was punished. And it was his son who took that punishment. He stood in the place of rebels. He accepted the verdict against them, guilty and deserving death. And he himself suffered the death penalty. He died so that they could be forgiven and go free. So the son of the creator died for rebels? That just doesn't make sense. Well, yes. Incredible, hey? Absolutely incredible. He, the innocent one, took the place of rebels and died for them, to bring them safely home to his father. You see, though they rebelled against him, the father never stopped loving them. And so he sent his son on this rescue mission that first Christmas. And the son who so dearly loves the father, who did everything the father commanded him to do, well, he did that. And the father raised him up, raised him up again, and he returned home here. Mission accomplished to the glory he so justly deserves. Well, did that, did that visit make any difference to the earthlings? Well, it did and it didn't. You see, they're more interested in the love of power than they are in the power of love. Strange, that. Went into the world, the world he created, and they failed to recognise him. He went to his own people, but they wouldn't accept him. But to those who did accept him, 
who gave their allegiance to him. He gave them the right to become sons and daughters of God. Now look, after choir practice, come and I'll introduce you to some of these earthlings who are here in heaven with us. We've got some fishermen from Galilee. We've got a tax collector from Jericho and and a teacher from Tarsus. Come and I'll show you. I'll introduce you to them. And they were there when it happened and they do like speaking about this. And when you see how much they love him, and when you see the creator's face beam with joy, beaming with joy, because these earthlings are here in heaven with us, you realise how infinitely worthwhile that visit was. Now, off to choir practice, but if you do want to visit planet Earth, sing up and sing well, because he's promised us a return engagement. And this time, when we go to them, we are going to sing the whole lot. And because of those Israeli fellas, this second visit is going to be much better advertised than the first visit. So be an angel. Don't be late for cry practice. That's a wonderful story that this wonderful man, Clifford Warren, wrote from the perspective of two angels. That is what Christmas is about. The son of the creator visiting earth to give us peace with God. And so are you among those on whom God's favour rests? Do you give your allegiance to God? And so is Christmas about peace on earth? Well, it's better than that, isn't it? Much better than that. It's peace with God while we are on earth. And that is what the Son of the Creator came to do the very first Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son that first Christmas on a rescue mission that we might have peace with you. We thank you, Lord, for this wonderful gift. Help us to recognise that this Christmas and help us all to always give our allegiance to you and your Son, Jesus. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.